15 minutes. All right. Welcome to the Secured Podcast. I'm Mike Matranga coming to you from the ASAP Security Studios in Houston, Texas. Thank you all for joining us today. We have uh, Tiger Callis, Andrew Callis, uh, his professional name. Um, <laughs> he's a, uh, the Director of Educational uh, Emergency Management and, and Security. I fucked that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Director of edu- uh, Director of Educational. This one will do. You just let me introduce myself. And then All right. We'll, we'll All right. Go. That's what we're going to do. Okay. <laughs> I fucked that all up. <laughs> all right. Take two again. Welcome to the Secured Podcast. I'm Mike Matranga coming to you from the Secured Shit. Welcome to the Secured Podcast. I'm Mike Matranga coming to you from the ASAP Security Studio here with Andrew Callis. Hi, I'm Andrew Callis. I'm the Director of Educational Emergency Planning for M6 Global. Good to be here today. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah? You excited for the new school year? Really excited for the, for the new school year. I'm enjoying watching the, uh, watching the uh, parents, the teachers, and the students get ready to... Uh, Stomp out ignorance one day at a time. <laughs> Stomp out ignorance. That's a good way to put it. Why do you say that? I say that because it's it's the summertime is a uh, is a time where the educational divide widens, mm-hmm. and when we come into the school year, everyone is just loaded and ready to ready to move forward, you know, and move forward with their own agendas. And so when when the teachers and administrators are planning for the year they have to be able to build a plan to come up with a strategy that they can kind of counteract the, uh, the uh, summer blues and some of the summer activities that some of their students were involved in and be able to get them back to the main thing, which is instruction. And I'm pretty sure that these school districts right now that they have these, um, some of these new strategies that mm-hmm. they're thinking are gonna actually be able to uh, work. And sometimes we just have to get back to brass tacks. And that's just driving instruction down their throat, making them like it, and then having the students respond to that relationship that they have with those teachers. I got a question for you. Talking about instruction and new strategies and whatnot, it seems like, you know, when I was in education and when I was a school board member, it seemed like every year we had this this new strategy, right? You know, I, I can't even recall some of the names of them, honestly. We've changed them so many times. Um, how How effective do you think those particular strategies are and what's the correlation between the strategies that are being taught and what's being taught on you know whatever standardized tests in X Y and Z state Do you think there's any correlation there between the strategies and the test that that needs to be taken that it seems like most school districts in every state are more focused on than rather rather than actually teaching kids how to survive in today's society well I think that some of the some of the school districts are doing a great job at mm-hmm. incorporating those strategies. And I've, I've uh, seen some examples of them just going into the new school year. I've actually seen one of the, uh, there's a district on the north, I guess, northeast side of town, has a new superintendent. And uh, he, is, he is preaching the village concept. Okay. And um, being able to buy into that village concept, if that concept is absorbed and bought in by the staff, the students, and the administration alike, that's something that could consistently work. My hats go off to him. My hat goes off to him being able to pull that off. Right. Now, the challenge is, 
the consistency in that. Right. Now, when we talk about these different strategies, we talk about, hey, we're going to do this new initiative. It seems to work in Boise, Idaho, but this <clears throat> is Texas. And a lot of times we need that consistent structure. Now, you may need that consistent structure everywhere, but I've been in Texas all my life. Right. And I know that uh, through my 20 years of teaching English at the high school level that some of those things don't change. So why are you changing the way that you deliver it? Right. There's a way that I can sit around and, and, and just shout out to the English teachers who have to deal with those standardized tests <laughs> and still be able to teach the classics. It's, it's, a, it's a great time being able to teach uh, the Canterbury Tales to seniors. And a lot of people may not like it, but I loved it. And then being able to drive home the uh, life and times of Shakespeare and get those students to appreciate that, mm -hmm. sense, of, that sense of culture. Just, there's a lot of different authors that you can go through and be able to drive those things home. But if you're trying to teach that this newfangled way, some of those things just don't fit into those boxes. Now, if it's a newfangled way that a superintendent comes in and the uh, administration adopts in year one, they don't need to abandon it in year three. And a lot of times, that's what's happening. When we look at those strategies that are being brought up and these new things that are happening, we're looking at people not wanting to just stick and stay. Just because it may not work at that first, that first try, we're teaching our students to quit and to give up, and we can't do that. So with our strategies and with our strategies that we drive home, our teachers need to be passionate about them because right now our teachers are expecting for the strategy to just fizzle out in the next two or three years anyway. Well, if you're, if you're consistently changing strategies, I mean, how do you even get a baseline to measure your success? Right? If it's, if it's every couple years, every other year, every three years, how do you get a true baseline to see if that strategy is even working? Well, the reality is this. And um, teachers, y'all can contact me, call me, and tell me I'm lying, but I promise you I'm not. If you're a teacher and you know that you know what your students need, when you close that door, your strategy is what you're going to do. It's a reality. But if we get together, administration and teachers alike, and you get in that room and you hash it out, don't worry about that title, worry about those students. That's the focus. Well, I think that's, I, I absolutely can relate to that, being a former law enforcement officer and Secret Service presidential counter-assault team member. Um, I remember there were multiple times, you know, we had a partnership with uh, SEALs down at Dam Neck and, and uh, Delta Force over at uh, Fort Bragg where we would train with them, they would train with us, we go over to overseas areas, um, you know, we would you know, look at different techniques and tactics that each teams are using. And I used to hate it when our guys would go, our instructors would go to either one of those and then they would come back and, and they would try to you know, drill into us that this is the way that we do this. This is the way you hold your weapon now. This is, and, it's, and my argument was always, hey, listen, you know, the highest score that you could, you know, score on an AR-15, you know, uh, qualification course was 300. If I'm consistently shooting, you know, 290s to 300, upper, th you know, upper 200s, why are you trying to change what I'm doing? It, that strategy, my approach, the, the tactics that I'm using is obviously effective. I will absolutely accept new strategies or new tactics or new techniques of you know how I hold my weapon or or you know clear a room or or cut a corner or whatnot. 
but it's not the end all. The new strategy or the new technique is not the end all be all, right? I always tell people this, and even in the education space, like you said, when you close that door, your strategy is going to be what you teach. I always used to say the same thing in training is listen, all right, great. I'll try it your way. I'll do it your way. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to try to fix what's not broken. If I'm shooting 297s, 300s, the way that I do it, I will take your tool and put it in my toolbox, right? And I think that that's kind of the focus or, or the distraction in regards to strategies for uh, curriculum is that we, we've, we abandon all the tools that have worked in the past uh, for new tools, new creative thinking or a new approach when in reality what we need to do to be more effective is to take multiple tools put it in that tool chest because not every kid learns the same do you agree with that I do agree with that now now uh, the other side of that there are um, there are teachers that have strategies that closed door that the closed door strategy that um, don't work is ineffective yeah and uh, as an as an administrator, I had the opportunity to witness that, and and it's and it's depressing when those teachers aren't flexible to change. If it's a situation where your strategy is working, your your scores and your student comprehension and student involvement speaks for itself, then you have a leg to stand on. But if you are someone who is holding on to that instructional piece so tight that you are not allowing your students to have the freedom to explore, the freedom to learn you are, you have your foot on their neck. You are stifling the development of that student. And in this technological world, in, these, in this world where students kind of live in the commercial mindset, we've got to give it to them quick and get them excited about it and get them really passionate about something in order to drive that instruction forward. Speaking about closed doors, I got a quick question, transition into a security question. Closed doors, um, what are your thoughts on Recommendations versus requirement to have a closed door while you're teaching instruction. What are your thoughts on that? From a, from a safety standpoint, I feel like doors should be closed and locked. Okay. Doors should be closed and locked, and you should be able to drive that instruction in your classroom. But what happens is there are some teachers that are just flat out lazy. And they sit at their desk, and they try to instruct from their desk, and they're too lazy to get up and walk to the door and open that door. You delegate a student, you give that student power to open your door and that's fine, but you know what, that student does not have that same discernment as you have because you had an opportunity to walk across that stage and graduate from college. You have a little bit more world experience than that 12 year old, than that eight year old, than that 14 year old, that 17 year old that you have delegated to go to that door and put the entire group in impending danger. And what is happening is that some teachers are just too lazy and they're putting all of those students in danger to where all of those parents are going to have a lot to cry about just because that teacher didn't want to get out of their seat, drive instruction from their feet, and go to that door and open well, it. What, what do you say to the individuals who, because I, I understand both arguments, right? What do you say to the individuals who would say that by having a closed door during instruction, it affects the, the positive culture and climate of the campus. What would you say to that? <laughs> oh man, you almost made me say something. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, say it. I mean, this is this is. Uh, I think, feel free to say whatever you want. I think that that's crazy. It's it's it's, and I'm not being dismissive at all. 
Uh, yeah. Is that your excuse? Is that your excuse because you want your door open? Because you says, oh, it's too hot in here. Oh, I want um, to have a free flowing area. Oh, I don't want to get up and open the door. You don't want to close your door because, I don't know, I guess you just don't have control. You being able to have control of that environment and being able to relinquish that control is really imperative in yeah. order for student learning. So just so everybody knows, uh, you know, Andrew was a, has been in education for 25 years, a lot of that time spent as an administrator. And so that's why we're asking him these direct questions regarding culture, climate, policy procedures, um, you know, uh, curriculum, whatnot, um, which is why we truly bring over, you know, Andrew's perspective to the M6 Global team uh, to build out that, that holistic, well-rounded uh, approach to school safety, security, culture, climate, you name it. So that's, you know, I just feel like, I really feel like teachers and administrators are like, it's time to sacrifice for those students. Mm -hmm. It's time to sacrifice for those students. That's why we come to work everywhere. Every, well, that's why I used to go to work every day, to fight for those students. Right. To get there safely and to return home, return home safely and wake up and do it all over again. When we are getting away from the focus of education, and it's those, it's those young stakeholders that are walking in those buildings. Yeah. What would you say would be one of the biggest morale boosters for a young educator. Um, you know, we've got a young girl that we've been mentoring for, young woman, let me backtrack, young woman that we've been mentoring. We love her like our own kid. She just graduated on uh, Saturday from Texas A&M, and, &M, and uh, she, she's going into education. Uh, what would you say to her uh, and then what would you say to the 30-year teacher on how to how to stay positive right now because we know that it's trying times we know that schools are, are losing uh, administrative staff teachers every single day because they just don't want to be in the education space what's your advice to them 30 seconds if you're in it you have to find a part of that that you love a part of that that you have that passion for but what happens is that young educator needs to be brought into a system a system where there's a village, where there's a community involved. And that 30-year educator who, who is looking at their watch, who has that number for Austin on speed dial, they have to still be willing to be a part of that community. If everyone is a part of that community, the kids win, the students win. All right, well, thanks. All right, we'll tune in next time. Thank you, appreciate it. Awesome. Um,